Welcome to the Aging Hipster Podcast. I am Bob Serrano. Today, I am joined by Richie Kairouz, salesman, author, champion, bodybuilder, and fitness model. Richie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Bob. I'm really excited to be uh, on the show and talking to you guys today and excited to uh, discuss some, some fitness and you know some other lifestyle stuff. And thanks so much for having me on. Well, thank you for coming on. Before we get into it, I'm just going to take care of a little bit of business. Please keep tuning into this podcast feed and check out the Aging Hipster Rewatch. Follow my friend Toby and myself. Uh, follow our journey of cinema discovery. We are finishing up Martial Arts March this month and we are getting into arnold april which is quite uh with we're talking about fitness and stuff it kind of ties in quite nicely and uh you can follow me on various plat internet platforms and instagram at the aging hipster network you can email me at aging hipster network at gmail.com twitter is at hipster aging i don't even know how that ended up that way but it did and you can follow my facebook page all right, let's get into all about Richie. Awesome. I, li- I like right. the Arnold April. I want- <laughs> That's yeah. kind of intriguing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we're, we're going to do True Lies, Terminator. Oh, shoot. I forgot. So, Kindergarten Cop, which was a good oh, one. Oh, yeah. And then, shoot. You got to do, do Pumping Iron, man. That's where it all started. Oh, I know. I That's know. where it all started. <laughs> well, let's get, it, let's get into that. How did you get into bodybuilding? Jeez, I've been... So I'm 43 now. I started by, I started bodybuilding while training when I was 14 years old. So uh, when I was younger, uh, I was a really, really skinny, scrawny kid. And uh, my grandfather, uh, my uh, my dad, my dad's dad, he was also a very small, frail man, and, and he kind of had these shoulders that would hunch over a little bit. And I guess when I was 14 and I was really skinny and scrawny, I I, I used to walk like that, kind of like a little bit hunched over. And my dad would always, you know, yell at me and tell me to stand up straight and straighten out my shoulders. And I remember him saying that when I was younger. So he came to me one day and he says, you know, I'm going to get some weights. I'm going to put them in the basement and you're going to start lifting weights and it'll make your shoulders stronger and it'll make your back stronger. So he went out and I still remember what they looked like. It was those old school benches with the burgundy leather on them and, and the cement weights. And I had a few little things in the basement and uh, I actually started using them. Uh, you know, he got me that set and I started playing around with it. had no idea what I was doing. You know, just started messing around a couple nights a week uh, in the basement of my parents' house. And, you know, after a little while, I, I actually started getting into liking. I liked the way I felt when I was sore from training. I actually started to notice a little bit of difference in my body. Um, and then shortly after that, I started to play football in high school. So the weightlifting kind of tied right into that. So you know, I took a little bit, a little step further and started training a little bit more for strength and put on some size for football. But uh, that's how I got started. I was 14 in the basement of my parents' house. So who are some of your role models growing up in terms of bodybuilding? I mean, of course, Arnold. I mean, the first time I saw, you know, pumping iron, uh, you know, I just, I think what it was not, not even so much with, with the, uh, the way Arnold looked in his body, but you know, when I, when you watch that movie and you see the camaraderie with all the guys in the gym and, you know, they're hanging out at the beach together and they're partying together and all that kind of stuff and the camaraderie that it brought. And then I already liked the bodybuilding part of it because I was I had already started training at that time. So that was my first, he, Arnold was definitely my first idol. And, you know, I looked up to him and I started reading the bodybuilding encyclopedia that, you know, he wrote and it just went from there. And then, you know, on, after that, I started to have more bodybuilding type idols. Um, you know, one of the bodybuilders that I followed extensively and still do to this day is, uh, Kevin Lebroni, um, he was my he was my ultimate favorite when I was younger, and uh, he actually made a comeback a few years ago at the age of 50, 51 or fifty two, I think. He got back oh, wow. on the Olympia stage, so that was really cool for me to watch. So, and then uh, 
What position did you play in football? Uh, I played defense. I played corner in junior. And then in senior, I also played special teams and defense. Can you remember like an aha moment when you're bodybuilding, like when you just saw it all kind of come together? Yeah, actually I do. Um, so I trained from the time I was 14 till the time I was 33 without no competitions, just training, always had friends that competed, always thought to myself that it, it would be something that I want to do one day, but it was just one of those like, yeah, one day I might do it. I enjoyed watching my friends do it. You know, a lot of them became pros. And I, it was cool to see them from, you know, coming up as amateurs into the pros. And then when I was 33, a buddy of mine uh, had, uh, he was a pro bodybuilder and he started talking to me about competing. And prior to that, I had gone through, you know, a bunch of, you know, personal stuff that I had overcome. And he, it was just almost like a perfect moment where him and I were just talking and he says, you know, why don't you think about doing a bodybuilding show? And shortly after that, we went and watched a show in uh, London, Ontario, here where I'm from, uh, near where I'm from. And it was in November of that year. And he was talking about some of the athletes on stage that night. And he says, dude, you can do this, man. He says, look at the guys that are up there on stage. He says, you look better than half the guys up there do right now. I'll help you. I'll train you. He says, you do this show next year in November. It was like a week later, I contacted him. I said, dude, you got it in my head, man. I've always wanted to do this. And now I want to do it. Let's do it. So I trained for an entire year that show with the sole purpose of it being a one-time thing, a bucket list thing. I was just going to do it, get on stage and say, Hey, I competed once. And the aha moment came that night at the show um, in November of 2010. Um, I had no expectations in that show because I really didn't know what to expect, but I actually won that night. And I remember the feeling being on stage with my family in the audience, my kids are there and everybody was screaming and I, you know, I was getting my trophy and that kind of, that was my aha moment where I'm like, man, this is, this is what I want to do. I've been training all my life, but this is where I need to be. And this is what I want to continue doing. Cause I know what that prep for that show for that entire year did for me, uh, personally, physically, mentally, and it all came together for me that night. And from it, being a one-time bucket list thing here i am 10 years later gonna get ready to do my geez i think 18th or 19th show I, i'm pretty curious about these shows i'm not really all that familiar with them can you talk about first off like what are these competitions exactly how are they kind of organized so um i actually i'm a judge as well with the uh, canadian physique alliance so i attend a lot of these shows um, so basically what they are, it's a, it's a fitness competition. So it's uh, males and females, you know, uh, on the female side, uh, they have the fitness girls, um, and they have women's physique, and then they also have bodybuilding. And then on the men's side, they have multiple divisions where you start off with physique, which is more of like your beach body type. The guys wear long board shorts, but now they have the classic, uh, physique department, uh, division where it's more go taking it back to the old school classic look, like the Arnold days, like the 70s and the early 80s before the bodybuilders got really, really huge. Uh, and then there's the bodybuilding portion of it. So there's two portions of the show. The morning portion is where they actually do the pre-judging. So that's where the judges actually take you through your, your, your quarter turns uh, and they line you up against all the other athletes and you're being judged during the morning show and then you come back in the evening and that's kind of like the entertainment part of the show where you do your routines everybody has a minute uh, to go on stage with your music and you know you do a posing routine that you've choreographed prior to 
uh, and then they do the awards later on that night. So a show could have anywhere from 80 to 200 people at a regional level, 500 plus at the uh, national level. So they get they get pretty uh, pretty intense. What's the craziest song you ever heard someone uh, do their... Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've heard everywhere, everything from uh, like a really, really slow, slow song to almost death metal. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's such a wide range of, of things. It's crazy. So what's your go-to? Do you have a genre? Um, you know what? I, I, I think I've done mostly, I think I've done three or four Linkin Park songs. So I kind of mm-hmm. like, I kind of like that where it's, it's a kind of heavier, but you know, you still have some rhythm to it. So, uh, I'm not a good dancer, so I don't choose any songs with a lot of rhythm to them. <laughs> so, uh, can you describe the process to prepare for a competition? What goes yeah. into it? So it's 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 extremely intense. I mean, you gotta be you gotta be focused, you gotta be in the zone the whole time. So typically a prep for me is around 16 weeks. Um, I have done preps where I've done 12 weeks, I've done preps where I've done 20 weeks. So depending on, you know, you gotta keep in shape all year long. You gotta keep um, in shape during your off season. So if during your off season, you let yourself go too much, um, you're going to have a harder time getting in shape for a competition. So you want to keep yourself relatively in good shape uh, throughout the, uh, the season. And then typically about 16 weeks out from a competition is when you start to cut down for a competition. And it's, it's extremely intense in terms of the diet, everything from the amount of water you drink to the amount of salt on your food, to, um, you know, every calorie that you put in your body. So you could be eating six, seven meals a day training. Usually, uh, when I start, I start doing uh, one cardio session a day. And then depending on my progress or lack of progress that could go up to two sessions a day. There's been competitions where I've done an hour of cardio in the morning, gone back to the gym to train later in the afternoon then gone back to the gym again in the evening and done another hour of cardio. So you're talking about three hours of training in the gym on top of all the dieting. And as you get closer and closer to the show, obviously you're, you know, you're bringing your calories down. You're trying to get as lean as you can. I think the biggest swing in weight that I had was at my very first competition. I think I went from, I think I went from about 220 pounds down to about 170. That was my biggest weight swing. I don't, I, I haven't done it. I haven't done that much uh, weight weight swing uh, in a long time. I think typically I like to stay about 20 to 25 pounds over my stage weight. So for me, that would be about around 195. Today, I'm sitting at about 200. So that's my normal walking around uh, weight. But during the competition, like for me, a lot of people don't like the prep mode because you suffer a lot. And a lot of people don't like that suffering and they have a hard time with it. They have a hard time with the diet and they really, really have to push themselves to do it. For me, I'm the complete opposite. I actually, I I so much look forward to being in prep. Um, I enjoy the suffering of prep. I enjoy having to do two hours of cardio and push myself through it and mentally just focus on it. I enjoy being hungry and knowing that I can't eat until that two hour time limits up and just being starving all day long. For me, it kind of puts me into a just an extremely mental focused zone. And I'm like that for my entire prep. So you either love it or you hate it. And, and, and if you hate it and you're forcing yourself to do it, which I've seen a lot of guys do, it's an excruciating 16 weeks. 
What's something that would surprise somebody about this whole process in the competition or preparing? You know, there, there's so many different myths and things that people talk about. And people ask me, you know, just uh, I have a lot of clients that I train that are just, you know, average everyday people that you know don't compete, and don't go to the gym very often. But they'll ask me like, oh, I hear you guys barely eat any food because you have to lose so much weight. And that's just the complete opposite. I mean, we're eating seven meals a day and people say, oh, you, you guys don't drink any water because you have to be really, really tight. But it's the exact opposite. We're drinking, you know, six, seven liters a day, probably two gallons a day. Uh, of water. So there's a lot of different things that people just misunderstand about what we do. And so what's your, what's your favorite go-to meal during your prep time? Uh, you know what? It's, it, it, it's gotta be just, just the obvious. I mean, chicken and rice, chicken and rice is just the, uh, the, the easiest one for me. That's like a go-to even now, like, it, so when I'm in the off season, um, you know, I try to stay relatively lean in shape. I don't, I don't usually go over 200 pounds, um, in the off season, but you know, if I'm not, prepping every single one of my meals throughout the day, you know, I'll usually always have about three or four meals prepped. But if I don't have something prepped and I'm at home and I'm you know, coming back from the gym, it's chicken and rice. It's the easiest thing. Chicken's always in my fridge. Rice mm -hmm. is easy to put in the cooker. So that's, that's, that's my go-to for me. And so you've gotten into, you've kind of branched out into a lot of different things, modeling, life coaching, competing, podcasting. What do you love most? I mean, besides bodybuilding? You know what? I love motivating people. I love helping people. I love motivating people. You know, I love being the, I guess, the driving force behind, behind someone's success, uh, helping them achieve, you know, their very best because listen, for me, you know, I had a lot of help coming up. Um, you know, I went through a lot of tough times. I went through, just like all of us have, right? And it's all about how you handle those tough times and how you come through them. So, you know, for me, when I started to compete the years previous to that, um, probably three, four years prior to me competing, you know, I had a lot of stuff going on with, you know, a lot of personal stuff with, um, you know, business and finance and all that kind of stuff like that. And it was really, really a rough time for me um, that I had to come through. So, uh, having to come through that and using fitness as a foundation for that really kind of opened my eyes to the fact that, you know, if you're, if you're in shape physically and mentally, you can really accomplish a lot. And if you have some good people that are there to help you and to support you, there's really nothing that you can't accomplish. So, you know, once, once I started to, to, to see that and see how beneficial it was for me, I thought, you know what, I want to take this a step further. I don't want to just compete for myself. I want to be able to help people. So, you know, I got into life coaching. Um, you know, I took all the courses here in Canada and became a certified life coach. So that way, when I had clients that I was not only training to help them lose weight or help them get in shape, you know, I was all, I was, I'm there for them as well in terms of life coaching, because really when you're, when you're a fitness trainer, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people can, you know, agree with me on this. A lot of trainers, you, you become, close friends with people and you become somewhat of a confidant to them. So I wanted to be able to help people in that aspect. And when it came to my business, uh, Rich Body, you know, my wife and I uh, created that back in 2012. You know, I was already, in, uh, I had already been in the produce industry for a lot of years doing sales, very successful in that. But I wanted to create Rich Body as a way to get my message out. Not just, hey, I'm a personal trainer and look, I can help you get a six pack, but you know, I changed my life through fitness and nutrition. I want to show people how that's done. So that's my passion, putting stuff up online. You know, I don't 
I don't like to charge uh, for stuff for the content that I put up online. I put, you know, I help people with programs. People message me all the time. You know, I like helping people with their dieting, any kind of information that they want. I've actually backed off a lot from advertising. I don't even advertise any of my programs anymore online. Anything that I like to put out there and put online is just to help motivate people. And that's ultimately what I, what I like to do. Yeah, you know, I didn't even realize your your presence on the internet until I started looking into this. I thought you were just some some <laughs> guy trying to sell me something. Yeah. And I was like, holy cow, like, <laughs> you yeah. have a lot more followers than me. Uh, where can people connect with you online? On on uh, Facebook, I have my personal page. It's Richie Cruz. Um, and I also have the Rich Body page on Facebook. On Instagram, it's at Rich Body. And my website is richbody.ca. So people can contact me through there. And, you know, I encourage people to, to, to reach out to me and contact me. I'm not, I'm not trying to sell stuff. I'm not trying to sell programs. I'm not trying to sell things here. Um, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not a tool for me as, as a business. I just like to help people. So I encourage people all the time. You know, I give them, I give my number out a lot, which I probably shouldn't do very much because then I get bombarded, but you know, I, I encourage people to reach out, you know, if, if you want, if you have some questions about dieting, ask me, if you have some questions about training, ask me, or I get a lot of questions too, about how, how do you do it? Like, how do you balance having a career? Cause a lot of people are surprised too, because they see my online presence and it's like all fitness related. Um, and they think that that's what I do. You know, I, I work in sales. I've been in the produce industry now 23 years. So, you know, when people find that out, they're intrigued as to how do you balance not only training, but competing family, career. And that's the advice that I love to give to people because really in the real world, not everybody wants to be a bodybuilder or get on stage. They just want to stay in shape. They want to be able to be there for their kids. They want to be uh, a motivation for their family. So they just don't really know how to balance all that together. Right. So if I can help in any way that that's, I'd love to give advice on how I do it. Well, let's segue into that because now we're at the part two, which is where we're going to talk about that. Not only fixing me, but also <laughs> uh, surviving and thriving in the quarantine. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I'm working from home as well. And now kind of listening to your your kind of prep course, I, you know, I had these fantasies. I was going to go back to work in 10 weeks and then I'm just going to whip off my shirt like at one <laughs> point and I would just be just like ripped and just like totally intimidate people. But I don't know if that's going to happen. But I do I do think, I, I do probably feel like probably a lot of your clients where I have a job that's pretty demanding in terms of time and sometimes energy. I have three young kids that are, you know, six, four, and two that are, you can only imagine, yep. right? I know, I know your daughters are older, yeah. but I think maybe there is an opportunity right now to see a silver lining because I am kind of, the one good thing about not having to go into work is you save your commute time uh-huh. as well. So maybe, so I guess I'm trying, so I'm coming to you like, what, what kind of tips do you have? Like what, like, cause I don't have any I don't have any workout equipment right now. Yep. You know, it, they've been lost through the moves, right? Yep. You, you, go, you move, you have another baby, you watch more Netflix, you start <laughs> a podcast network, you know, all this kind of stuff, it yep. builds up. And then, yes, I need to figure out like a routine that from the beginner, the foundation, because if you have me go run a mile, Richie, I'm going to be dead. Ah. And then, you know, <laughs> so, so, so let's talk about that. So well, where do we start? Listen, the, and I tell everybody this, you have to want it for yourself, right? You have to want to do this. I've had a lot of people come to me and the first thing I ask them is, you know, what is the reason you're, what is the reason you're doing this? Why do you want to lose weight? Why do you want to get in shape? And typically when the answer is, 
uh, my husband thinks I need to lose some weight or my wife thinks, you know, I'm getting a beer belly or whatever. You know, I, I really try to talk to people because you have to understand that when you're starting something like this, the motivation could be that I'm doing it for somebody else, but you have to want it for yourself. You have to know that I want to start to feel good. I want to start to look good and be better, not only physically, but mentally for myself. That's number one. And number two, it, it has to start with your diet because I won't even, let's not even talk about training until, until you know for sure that you can start to eat properly. Because I can give you a program and tell you, you know what, Bob, go to the gym every day for three hours and do all this stuff. And you go ahead and you go to the gym and you follow everything I tell you to do. And then you come home and you're going to have pizza and you're going to grab a six pack of beer and you're going to sit on the couch and you're going to watch Netflix for the rest of the night. It, nothing in the gym is going to help you by doing that. So I really, really focus and I emphasize on diet. So I help, I like to try to help people. And if that's the one thing I can tell you to do is learn how to eat properly first. So going back to what you mentioned about quarantine. So right now we're in quarantine and I get a lot of questions about Hey, what are you doing for at-home workouts, right? All the gyms are closed. There's really nothing um, that you can do right now. And surprisingly, I don't have weights at home. I never did. For me personally, I don't like having weights at home because for me, I just feel like if you have to go to the gym, that's a lot of, you have to have a lot of discipline, a lot of motivation to get to the gym. And that's how I was even, you know, I trained in my basement when I was 14, but after that, I've been at a gym. So here at home, I have a treadmill. And I have a bike. That's all I have. So I get people asking me all the time, you know, can you give me some at-home workouts? Sure, I can give you some at-home workouts. You know, we can do sit-ups and push-ups and we can do lunges and we can do squats and we can do all that stuff with just using your body weight, right? And that's cool. If you want to stay physical, you want to stay active, that's great. I always ask the question, how's your diet? Most people say, well, you know, my diet's okay, you know, but I really want to start to get a little bit physical. So dieting has to be number one, and especially right now when you're, when we're quarantined right now, this is the perfect time to get on a good regimented diet. Because the biggest thing that, you know, people say is I don't have time to make my food. I don't have time to eat every few hours or whatever it is. So you're at home right now. You know, if you can do some stuff at home workout wise, great. If you have a treadmill, if you want to go for a walk, physical activities, great. But right now, if you can take this time to learn how to diet, cause you're home anyways, right? So you make you can make your meals fresh just before you eat them, or you can prep them. You're, you, you have your breakfast, you have your lunch and your dinner, and then include two snacks in between. And when I say snacks, I don't mean sugary snacks. I mean, you know, either uh, fruits and vegetables, uh, protein shakes, something like that. If you can do that now while you're home and you have the opportunity to do it and get yourself into that rhythm where you're eating breakfast at seven or eight, and then you know something at 10, and then lunch around you know, between noon and one, and then again, a snack around three and then dinner at like six, and then you're done for the night. If you can get yourself in that pattern right now, you'll do yourself the most uh, justice in terms of starting to get in shape. And then when this is all over and you get back out and you get back to your regular fitness routines or starting a fitness routine, if you haven't ever done one before, you're already putting yourself at such uh, an advanced level if you've already got the dieting part down right because that's the hardest part so for for myself i shouldn't really worry about trying to do like 50 push-ups a day or whatever i need to worry about getting into a good routine in terms of diet and still stay active it's not like i'm just going to be laying on my bed eating broccoli and think <laughs> i'm doing a great work there you know but um absolutely 
so whether it's taking walks with my family, which I have actually done a lot more than I ever did when in the office, because you lose an hour and a half a day just driving back and forth. Yep. And so a lot of people talk about with diets that, you know, there's all sorts of stuff, keto, vegan, like, are, is there, so I, I have a family of three young kids. And as you know, like young kids are sometimes a challenge to be able to eat anything other than mac yeah. and cheese and stuff like that. And uh, when your parents, you have a finite amount of time, it's a lot easier if you're just doing like one meal or something like that. Is there any sort of, I guess I'm asking any really kind of easy rules to follow to keep keep me on track absolutely you know what there's so many different diets out there and i think people get confused a lot when they really start to look too deep into that okay like you know what style of dieting is best for me is it keto is it vegan is it paleo is it you know there's just so many different diets and and i like to simplify it you know for me as a bodybuilder i've always done just clean eating you know i've never really followed any of the um uh, for lack of a better term, fad diets um, that are out there. Because realistically, what you want to do is something sustainable, you know. And it, it, clean eating for me is the most sustainable way of eating. Because really, you know, you're you're eating normal foods all day, every single day, but it's just very clean. So I'm having my, for instance, I'll have my chicken breast and my rice. My chicken breast is plain. I might use a little bit of mustard, use a little bit of Frank's a red hot sauce on it if I want. It's plain, it's clean, right? I have a veggie with every meal, whether it's broccoli, whether it's asparagus, um, bean sprouts, beans, whatever that may be. And I'm eating, you know, lean ground beef, uh, sweet potatoes. In the morning, I'm having my egg whites and my oatmeal. So none of these foods are stuff that you're not going to find in, in, in people's fridge every single day. So I like to simplify that and say, you know what, just keep it to right now, just to get started, to get yourself set up on a good base. Start with clean eating. Cut out the sugars, cut out the fried foods, cut out all of the processed uh, sugars, the carbohydrates, the high amounts of you know calorie uh, foods. So if you can cut those out and just eat clean and get yourself on a good base, and when I talk about a good base, I'm talking you know six, seven, eight weeks of good solid dieting like that. And then if you find that you're leaning more towards like you know what, I wouldn't mind trying keto where you know you're just doing the proteins and the um and the fats and zero to no carbs little sorry little to no carbs or if you feel like you know you want to do a plant-based diet or a vegetarian diet i think that's kind of something you could move into right and i'm talking for people that are just getting started because you don't really know where to start so obviously start with a clean eating uh base and then kind of move into some sort of a different style diet if that's the way you feel like going right but if you if you try to complicate it right off the bat if you've been eating the way you've been eating your whole life and all of a sudden you say, okay, Monday morning, I'm going to be a vegan. <laughs> you're going to have a yeah. really, really hard time adjusting to that. So I try to get my clients um, to really simplify their diets. You like eggs for breakfast, continue having the eggs for breakfast, but you know, let's make it into egg whites instead of the whole egg. And let's have, let's make it into an omelet. You know, let's have just the, the uh, instead of cereal or instead of your muffin or your bagel, Let's have oats. Lunch, you can have, and, and it doesn't always have to be just plain chicken and rice. You can have lean ground turkey. You can have flank steak. You can make a salad. You can make, you know, these bowls that they, that you make with the noodles and stuff like that. And they could be healthy. But if you, if you start off on something like that, which isn't extremely far off from what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, you're going to have a better success rate of sticking to it. And then switching to something a little bit more 
a little a little more geared towards what you want to do, whether it's vegan or you know, any other style of diet, me or whatever. It's it's more of dropping out, uh, dropping the chips or something that that sneak yes. in at lunch. Maybe uh, drop some of the some of the pasta dishes, which are really easy for. I mean, I, you know, obviously spaghetti and stuff like that. It's easy is an easy meal yeah. for us. Uh, so like pastas like that, breads. Are you also saying just kind of? Yeah, just kind of. You know what? You'll have to. You have kids, right? So you have to remember, yeah. and, and and my wife and I are a good example because we've been both competing now for, for quite a long time, right? With, especially with, with our kids being young, we competed a whole entire time when our kids were young. So yeah. we took we took what we normally would have. So, okay, I'm having um, tilapia and asparagus. Okay, well, my six-year-old isn't going to want tilapia and asparagus. So my wife would bread the tilapia for them, right? Still have the, um, the uh, vegetable. If you're having chicken, you know, we're having plain chicken with nothing on it. You know what? You can make chicken strips for the kids. You know, you can make chicken nuggets for the kids and a different way of breading them, different way of making them. So we try to stay on the routine where they're having what we're having, but they're not having it the way we're having it, right? So it's just preparing it in a different way. And that makes it so much easier because now you're not having to make food for yourself and then food for your kids and then food for your wife. You're, if tonight's dinner is chicken, okay, it's going to be chicken. Mine's going to be plain with a, just a side of rice, the kids is going to have, you know, they're going to bread it with something and they're going to make them into chicken fingers and they're going to have some fries. I'm going to have a baked potato. So, you know, that's something that my wife and I learned how to do early on because we wanted the kids to learn how to eat healthy, but obviously at a young age, you know, you don't want to, you know, make it too extreme for them. So they understood the importance of having that protein, whether it was the fish or the chicken or the meat or whatever it was, and then the right amount of carbs and a vegetable with their meal. Okay, so that sounds pre- that sounds like a pretty simple rule. You want your you want a protein source, a little bit of rice, and then a vegetable of some sort, and then try to incorporate it somehow into the kids' meal as well. Maybe yeah. So with a little bit, even cheese or something like that. What do you think about yeah. cheese? I, I like you know cheese. what I have. I love cheese. I put cheese in my omelets every morning. I mean, in my in my in my contest prep, I'm really really restricted, so I don't. But Right now, I still so I mean my contest prep food and my off season food don't differ except for in the sense of how it's prepared, right? So I, I keep going back to the chicken and rice meal. But if my chicken and rice meal is plain for my uh, contest prep, I'll still have the same meal, but I'll make it into a st- chicken stir fry now. I use the same same amount of chicken, same amount of rice, and I can add a little bit of soy sauce in it. I can throw in some you know I can throw in an egg in there and just kind of mix it up and make like a chicken fried rice with it, right? So now, sure, I'll put cheese on my omelet. You know, I'll use ketchup. I'll use the different dressings. I'll make a salad with ranch dressing if I want. But my calories still now are, I don't measure them. I'm not really, really strict with measuring my calories, but I kind of know in the back of my mind how many roughly I'm taking in. And if it's a day where I'm not doing any cardio for some reason, um, or I can't train that day, I'll cut back on a lot of my carbs try to still get the same amount of protein in, but I'll cut back on my carbs, if I, especially if I know it's not a training day. And like right now, for instance, I'll give you an example. You know, we've been in quarantine. So I have a treadmill at home. I have a spin bike at home. Um, so I'm able to do cardio, but I'm really limited. I don't have any weights at all in my house. So right now I'm not training as intense. So what I've started to do since I've been in quarantine is I've actually been doing the intermittent fasting. Um, so I have my last meal between seven and eight o'clock at night. And I won't have my next meal until noon the next day. So I'm fasted for about 16 hours. Uh, and then between noon and eight o'clock, I'll probably have, I'll have three solid meals and then maybe one 
either a shake or some sort of a snack in between there. And, and the reason why I do that now is because I don't need a high amount of carbs. I'm not training hard right now. I'm still doing my cardio, but I don't need that much food. So I'm kind of limiting the amount of food I'm taking in due to um, not training as hard right now. And so you know how when you're working in your home office, it's not like yeah. you're constantly typing the whole time. There's times where you have like five, ten minutes in between, like waiting for someone to call back or something. You, you know, you're not going hard the entire time. Can you think of just some exercises, like what kind of circuit you could do while you have like five minutes? Sure. I mean, you know what? If you got up, like I did this the other day, actually, I was waiting on a cup win for a conference call and it was like a 20 minute wait. So instead of waiting for 20 minutes, I got my uh, yoga mat out, I put it down on the floor and I have this routine where I'm trying to get my, um, uh, my planks up a lot. I, I want to be able to plank for three minutes straight, which I can't do right now. <laughs> but <laughs> so what I, what I do is I have this little routine where I do, uh, I plank for a minute and I rest for a minute and I plank for a minute and I rest for a minute. I do that three times. So it's three minutes of planks with a rest in between. And then during the rest in between, I'll do uh, 10 pushups, 10 sit-ups. So something as simple as that, if you're waiting on something, that's something you can throw in that'll take you literally six or seven minutes to complete. Mm-hmm. Or you get up off your chair and you lunge, you know, I don't know how long your, 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 your living space is, but you know, you do lunges, walking lunges, 10 feet this way, 10 feet this way. Do that for a minute, 90 seconds straight. You know, and then rest for a minute. I don't quite have ten feet. I have like a little. I'm in my in my bedroom right now, so okay. I have like maybe say six feet. Yep. In then diameter. you know what? Then you can do you can do stationary lunges. You can stand in one spot and do do stationary lunges. Ten on one leg, ten on the other leg, and then again you can incorporate that into um, like a, a circuit style where you're doing uh, lunges and then you're doing push-ups and then you're doing sit-ups and you can end up with a one-minute plank or a thirty-second plank or you know, whatever that may be, right? There's so many different things that you can do that'll fill up a five minute dead space there, right? And that's that's mm-hmm. a perfect example of what you just said. Like if I've got a few minutes of time, what can I do, right? There's so many different things that you can do to help fill up that space. And then again, you know, I'm gonna go back to the diet part of it. I think a big problem now is we are sitting in our, on our offices at home and then we get 10 minutes. The natural thing to do is walk upstairs or walk into the kitchen, open the fridge and see what's there, right? And then you're snacking on something and, you know, and that's, that's the worst thing you can do because what you want to do is you want to be able to be hungry by the time your next meal comes. Right. So if you have breakfast at seven and you're sitting at your desk at seven 30, but by eight, eight 15, you're already up snacking. Your next meal is at say 11 or noon, you know, every hour you've gotten up and snacked on something while noon's going to roll around, you're not going to be hungry. Right. So what we're trying to do is get that metabolism going to where you're actually hungry by the time your next meal rolls around. Right. And then mm-hmm. if you're doing that extra exercise, the walking, um, the F- different exercises that you're doing at home, you know, your body's using the, uh, your stored body fat as energy. Um, and that's how you start to lose body fat, right? Okay. Yeah. That sounds so, great. Is there any other tips that you can think of? Uh, one important one is drinking water. Drinking water, it's, it's, it seems so simple, yet so many people just have a hard time doing it because yeah. – um, especially if you're eating higher uh, foods with higher salt, or if you like to put a lot of salt on your foods, if you're not drinking enough water, your body's going to retain a lot of water, right? Especially when you have a, a lot of sodium in your body. So drinking water. So I, right now I drink about two gallons a day. Uh, that's four, Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So that's, you know, that's, that's a lot. Uh, I'm going to talk in liters. 
on the Canadian side here. So if you're drinking two to three liters, which is, I think, half a gallon, I believe, I think it's four liters in a, in a gallon. So if you're drinking about half a gallon of water a day and work your way up to drinking a gallon of water a day, you'll ensure that your body's hydrated, you know, your, your, your metabolism, it helps to, with digestion, it helps with metabolism. It helps you it helps make you feel better overall when you're hydrated because a lot and a lot of the times too your body actually might be thirsty and it confuses that for hunger because if you haven't drank a lot of water all day long you get you start to get a little bit of that hungry feeling and then you go grab a snack when realistically if you haven't drank enough water that feeling of thirst is mistaken for that feeling of hunger oh so my old regimen of drinking five cups of coffee a day oh. probably <laughs> did not no, listen did not help. <laughs> I'm a coffee guy too. I probably yeah. have two a day, but but black coffee. Don't put no cream and sugar in those. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe in about eight weeks or so, can we talk about? Hopefully, we'll. I'll be at the point where I'm ready to look inside a gym and not feel totally uncomfortable. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, man. We put a plan together. We put a nutrition plan together. We put a, a training plan together, and you know, absolutely, get you well on your way, man. That's and listen, like for me, I can't I can't stress enough the importance of of how, how it makes you feel mentally. And, and, you know, everybody says, I want to lose weight and, you know, I want to get in shape and I want to go to a gym and it's always that physical. Okay. I want to look better. I want to look better, but people don't realize that, you know, once you start to lose that weight, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 pounds, it makes such a huge impact on your mental state as well. You're able to focus better at work. You're able to make better decisions and you just feel better overall. And that's something that, you know, initially I would, I would tell people who first came to me, who've never, ever trained. And I would tell them, and you can kind of tell that they didn't really understand what I was saying. And then you see six weeks later, eight weeks later, they're down, you know, 20, 25 pounds and they come back to you and they're like, yeah, now I know what you mean. He's like, I feel so much better throughout the day and I can't wait to do my next workout. I can't wait to get my next meal. And it's just, it's, it's a snowball effect. So, I mean, that's just a huge, huge thing for me. And I think that's been a big part of my success uh, in my career, even outside the fitness industry is that, you know, it's, it's created that solid foundation for me. And for me, I start my day off at four 30 every morning. I'm up at four, leave my house at four 30, uh, get to the gym by quarter to five. And I train for about six 30. And, um, that's been my routine now for geez, the last 15 years. Um, and I can't, the days where I can't, and I'm traveling and I don't do that. I, I feel it. I feel sluggish. I feel cloudy. I feel, especially if I'm walking into a meeting and I haven't trained for a couple of days cause I'm at a conference and stuff. I can feel that. I, can, I really feel the difference. What are you doing right now? Because it's probably, you're probably going crazy a little bit, right? Yeah. So I'm doing a lot, a lot more cardio than I want to do. Cause like I said, I have a spin bike and I have a treadmill and I'm doing some exercises again, like, you know, some of the stuff that we talked about, planks, lunges, uh, squats, um, pushups, sit-ups, all that kind of stuff like that. My wife and my two daughters and I, uh, we kind of do a little bit of a routine in the morning here. Um, and I meditate. I'm actually sitting in my office here where I've got my Buddhas and my incense and everything. So I meditate, you know, I give myself that, that time to just be alone and focus and stuff like that. So I, I'm making do it's only been two weeks now. So <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> yeah. in, hopefully in two or three more weeks, I'm still in the same mind frame. But uh, I think if I continue to do what I'm doing, I will, you know, one of the things that really helps me right now, like right now it's, it's Sunday, so I'm wearing my jogging pants, but uh, I'm in my sweater, but on Monday morning, uh, every, every day of the quarantine, I get up at the same time. I do my cardio, have my breakfast, I actually get into my work clothes, as dumb as it sounds, but I kind of found that the first couple of days I wasn't doing that. I was just putting on jogging pants and coming down here and I'm working, but mentally I just wasn't in that zone. So I started getting up, 
I, I put my button up on, put my jeans, I actually put my shoes on and I actually make it feel like I'm sitting at my desk at work. And mentally I feel better. I feel better knowing that I'm dressed for work. So subconsciously I feel like I'm at my desk and I'm actually working and I'm taking my calls and, you know, I go up for lunch at 12 and I have my meals and then, you know, I, I sit here, I'm, I'm at my desk till usually around five. So I try to keep as much of the same routine as possible because right now, I mean, there's just no, there's no routine, right? You can get up and right. do whatever you want. So I'm trying to stick to that routine as much as possible so that mentally I can still focus on my work. Cause you know, the first couple of days I was just in uh, jogging pants and a sweater. And I just, I didn't feel like I was uh, being successful in what I was doing every day. I wasn't, it wasn't work to me. Right. So, yeah. You could be like me. I don't even know where my pants are anymore. It's just it's nothing <laughs> but sweats. And, yeah. and I haven't put on yeah. shoes in weeks. I don't even know. Like, I yeah, just, exactly. I'm like a hermit. <laughs> no, I've heard a lot of that stuff as well. So hopefully, yeah. I mean, hopefully we only have a couple more weeks, though. I'm not going to be hold my breath at all. The best, the best thing that all of us can do is do the best we can at home. Try yeah. to stay in, try not to spread this around and it'll be, done hopefully before we know it thanks so much for your time today richie i really appreciate it no i appreciate you having me on and uh, i'm looking forward to hearing back from you on some of the little things that you implement that we talked about and then hopefully and when this is all over we can get you going man okay awesome well the aging hipster podcast is written edited facebooked and produced by bob serrano interest song is written and performed by heartbones check out their new release hot dish at www.heartbones2.com Thank you for your time and thank you for listening.